Hi guys, welcome to the show. This week we are covering the subject of crawl, walk, run. Sounds basic and it's the most important structural development you will have on your investment journey. We talk about the pitfalls of jumping into trading leverage without the skill set and will outline the pathway that just about anybody can follow if they want to be successful with their investing. I know you're going to love the content, before seeing it. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful companion, Mr. Mitchell Laurentiu. Thank you for having me on the broadcast, Mr. Baxter. Looking awfully trendy today. And, uh, what we're going to get into is the evolution of your trading ability and skills. Hmm. I guess the, the nature of this podcast, the title would be to crawl, walk, and then run. I'm surprised I didn't mix that up just then. That's a bit of a tongue tie. Crawl, walk, run. There you go. Right. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And oftentimes when people start on this investment journey, um, they run uh, before they can walk or crawl and the wheels come off. So let's explore this on a real tin tax basis. Um, learning to crawl before you walk, before you run is a progression we see. I see it with my kids, everyone's seen it with theirs, uh, and, and it's how things should be done. If you want to have long-term success, but human nature is quite um, the opposite from time to time where we want to almost self-sabotage, jump in at the deep end, get the big returns before we've done the work. Exactly, and we've got a couple of clients that have been in that space before. We've done plenty of recovery programs mm -hmm. with that. And I know at the end of the broadcast, we're actually going to tie in two of our existing clients that are very different personalities that have taken different approaches to this kind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I, I guess you know, part of the thing that drives us to cover this as a topic, there has been so much advertising and marketing and there's so much garbage out there, you know, trade in the this market. And let's, let's call it as it is, you should start trading in the Forex market because that's where the pros trade. Um, Probably for a good reason. I don't really know that the pros will all trade there either, but let's work on the assumption that may be true just to give it some credibility. Um, if you're brand new, to try and trade in an environment that is where the pros trade, is an unrealistic expectation if you want to survive. And let, let's put that into context. You know, in the media at the moment, Mike Tyson's coming out of retirement, fighting Roy Jones Jr. You've got someone that's a hardcore world champ professional fighter. Now, if you're brand new to boxing and you've just gone down to Amart for all sport and bought some new sneakers and gym wear, you'd be an absolute buffoon to get in the ring and try and match it with these guys that have had 50, 60 professional fights at the highest level. Does it make any sense? Yeah, this whole marketing of trade with the pros trade is exactly that. You're getting into an arena that you're just not equipped to survive in. You know, you need to train first, get fit, get in the ring, do some sparring, bag work, and gradually, if your appetite gets you there, yeah, over time, you qualify to get there. If you just jump straight in there, you're gonna get knocked out and probably killed. And then trading, that's exactly what's gonna to happen to your account if you jump into these markets. Uh, without having learned to crawl and walk first. It makes perfect sense. We've heard plenty of stories of guys jumping in trading CFDs, you know, at the get-go. Well, I think we could, I mean, CFDs and Forex would be the two that we see advertised more than anything. You know, get in here, trade with leverage. And, and, and the allure, the way that these people uh, tend to suck in new clients is, oh, you can get started with less money. So if you're beginning, you don't need as much cash to get started. No, you may not need a lot of money to get started, but you can have even less once you start because the odds are so tilted against your success uh, for somebody brand new going in there, you know, it's just gonna be a disaster for you. And we don't want anyone living under a bridge, that's for sure. Well, no, that's not what the game plan is with regards to investing. And I think, you know, if you, if you, if, if you can get past that, let's put the trainer wheels on, back it down the line a little bit and start where the appropriate place is to start. You can still get there and trade in those markets if that's what your chosen desire is, to trade with leverage, for example, but do it in the right way. 
you've got to start somewhere. So mm. let's talk about, first and foremost, what it means to crawl. Now, we could talk about being educated and maybe potentially trading stocks. Mm. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think uh, the best starting place is to get educated. Oftentimes, and I've seen this in the past, I owned a broking film a few years ago, and one of the most expensive and silly mistakes I see people make is, look, I'm not going to pay for education. I'll just put five or 10 grand in the trading account, give it a go, let's see what happens and I'll learn along the way and I'll tell you exactly what will happen along the way. Having seen this happen with thousands of accounts where people just open them with that sort of reasoning is that your five or 10 grand is gone. You haven't learned much other than how to lose money. You don't necessarily know what you're doing wrong and your enthusiasm for going further down the line is turned off because you know, nobody wants to be uh, running into that experience and saying, oh, this is good, I'm losing money, let me keep going. And it turns you off from investing forever. Worse still, okay, losing five or 10 grand is not fun, but chances are you've also lost six to 12 months of your life in terms of where you could have started properly, but you've missed that. And sadly, you're never gonna get that time back. You know, time um, is way more valuable than money. So start properly at the get-go, first investment, invest in yourself, learn what to do. It's a good quote, you know, best investment you can make is in yourself. Mm. And if that's being educated to teach yourself how to make money mm. out of the stock market, or be it, you know, stock stocks and whatnot, then that's a great idea. Now, where do you recommend starting off? Someone's brand new to investing, they want to crawl, they want to get into it. Stocks, but what particularly do you mean by that? Look, take it back a step again, learning to drive. You can have driving lessons, now you know how to drive, but your first car probably shouldn't be a supercar, A, because it's probably out of your budget, but B, <laughs> you're gonna wrap it around a telegraph pole and kill yourself. Um, you need something that's manageable to start with. And as such, I always say for people starting out, never trade with leverage when you're starting. Uh, yet again, so many people are targeted, you know, it's almost sort of predatory marketing. Um, oh, you can get started with a few hundred dollars or a few, th like two grand, and we can gear it up to 20 grand so you can trade a little bit bigger. But that's, that's a nice story on one side, but that 10 times leverage, if you get it wrong, is gonna exacerbate your losses by tenfold too. So sure. trading with leverage is not the starting point. It doesn't matter how attractive the sales presentation was, it is not the place to start. Okay. I know there's a funny story that I thought I might raise with you. Mm. It's, I'm not sure if you've heard the trading platform Robinhood. It's a mm. US-based company. Mm. They actually had a, a promotion where if you had made a deposit uh, to, to Robinhood to fund mm. your trading account, they would actually credit you with $1,000. So whatever I was doing is making the deposit, getting the $1,000 and then cancelling the deposit mm. to which they could use a free $1,000 to trade however they liked. Mm. And some of the instruments were like that with CFDs, mm. you know, leveraged Forex and whatnot. And a lot of people found themselves in a lot of trouble. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not surprising, and I've seen organizations, and uh, not so much Robin Hood, uh, but a number of other op operations, both here in Australia and overseas, where if you open your account today, we'll credit it with X, they're gonna make the money on the spread between the bid and offer, they make it on the brokerage charges, they make it on the funding costs, or probably they've got a B book running where they're taking the opposite side to you anyway, so whatever you lose, they get back and some. So, Terrible. yeah, it's never given to you. Nobody gives money away like that. In fact, the only people that give money away are people that try and run before they can crawl. So uh, let's uh, let's get back on point. Yeah, that whole notion, start with your education and then start with some slower moving asset classes, i.e. shares, is probably a good place. Why? You'll get used to looking at charts, seeing what actually moves markets and what moves individual stocks within markets without that uh, aggravation of of leverage really moving things beyond what you thought was possible. Sure. Um, and you know, you get used to placing orders in the market, stop losses, and all of the sort of functional stuff that we consider second nature because it's what we do, but is a very, very important learning step for someone that wants longevity. And you know, I just want to make the money now. Well, 
investing, any kind of successful investing isn't being a one-hit wonder, it's about that longevity. The longer you're an investor, the more money you're gonna make if you know what you're doing. So take the time, learn it right first time, and then live off it forever. As soon as you've got another sandpit there, start with something slow moving, so you've got that live fire exercise. Yeah, we don't advocate, for example, paper trading. Um, you know, a lot of companies out there will say, oh, you should paper trade, pretend trade. Look, that's great in theory, and again, it's a nice sales gimmick, but where it falls short of the mark, I suppose, when people want to take that step to go live, it's another barrier to get past. And you know, I've seen people go, I've got a paper trading account with 100 grand in there, and I've been going really well, I've got up to 130 grand, let's go. Okay, and you go, right, what are you actually gonna be working with? Oh, I've got $7,000. Well, the way you're going to trade that seven grand is going to be very different to somebody gifting you a hundred. You've got emotion involved uh, and, and the psychological pressure, pressure stress. Alive. And so by pretending to trade, you don't really learn much at all uh, other than how to pretend to make money. It doesn't translate to the real world. Start small, get involved for real because then you understand the emotional journey that you're going to go on. And that is where the learning really starts as opposed to the theory of clicking the button on a paper sure. trading account. So crawling, education, start with a slow moving asset, definitely. Great, okay, well, let's talk about walking. So maybe taking it another step up. Mm. Now we could mention derivatives, cash flow on demand, which mm. is the strategy re rerun. Could you shed some light on that? Yeah, look, I think the natural progression, once you've got the ability to understand the mechanics of the crawling level, the walking level, our primary place is, is covered calls, cash flow on demand, buying a stock, selling an option, the reason we like that strategy is one, it's a terrific income uh, producing strategy for the clients. Secondly, it's lower risk than holding the shares in their own right. Uh, and it tilts the deck a little bit and takes the pressure off the investor to have to get direction right. The share price goes up, yes, you're gonna make money. If the share price stays flat, yes, you're still gonna make money. In fact, even if it drifts down a bit using our strategy, you're still gonna make money. So that reinforcement of um, confidence really starts to grow. And it's not necessarily because you've become a better trader, it's because you've used a smarter strategy and it's the strategy itself that's tilted the odds better in your favor. And that's a very, very important distinction to make. You will get better as a trader, but if you can overlay a better quality strategy as well, now your success is significantly more likely. A, because you're getting better, and B, because you're using a smarter strategy. So for me, that's that next step in the walking space. And, and for a lot of people, that's where they're content to play, and I don't blame them. Sure. Well, look, you know, options is our bread and butter, cash mm -hmm. flow and demand, selling call options. What other kinds of strategies or instruments would you suggest in that walking phase as such? Yeah, but I, I kind of would keep it more or less to that phase, okay. to be perfectly honest. And the reason why, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a boring strategy. Some people think, oh, it's only, you know, it's a one and a half to two and a half percent a month strategy. Who'd get excited about that? But as a speculator, as someone that's punting the market on a CFD or Forex account, show me 12 months of return where you've consistently been able to achieve you know, an equity curve that's comparable, and I'll shake your lunch. There you go. There's the deal right there. You, 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 you come with and you can actually shout it. <laughs> um, but you know, it's such a rarity to, to see that for people that are, are new into this. And as sure. I say, that notion of using a smarter strategy kind of gives you a bit of an advantage, even if you're green, by playing with a loaded deck of cards. Sure. That kind of makes sense. So that's kind of where it gets to. And look, in the current market conditions, you know, we've been looking at returns not of one and a half to two and a half percent a month, but one and a half to two and a half percent a week, which is a terrific return for a largely passive, lower risk type strategy. And look, it's possible to ratchet more out of that, but you're starting to, to flog that strategy a bit harder than what it's designed for. You know, and again, we use the example of an ice cream van. You know, cash on demand will cover causes an ice cream van. Great soft scoop, Mr. Whippy. You know, maybe it's a nice 99 flake in it. That's what it does really well. But if you try and put it on the track next to a, a Lambo, all you're gonna do is blow it up and probably roll it. It's not designed for that. And the problem that people can 
run into if they're in that walking phase is to start to expect more from the strategy than what it actually can do. And again, if you go back to you know, exercise, for example, you know, if you've been building up and you've got there and all of a sudden you know, you're in the third month of the gym and you think you're going to break the Olympic record for deadlifting, you're probably going to bust yourself up pretty badly because you're expecting more than what you're capable of doing at that point in time. Makes sense. So you know, in that space, great monthly returns of clients that have stayed in that space. And it's not because they failed to evolve. It's because they recognize the benefit of that strategy. That is where I trade most of my money. You know, I've been in this game for nearly 30 years and I've made an awful lot of money out of trading. But that's where I play because I love the consistency, the lower risk nature, the predictability of it, and the fact that it's not time consuming. And sure, I have forays into other areas as you well know within my trading, but that's not my bread and butter. So it's not a competition. And we'll talk about personality types, I think, a bit later. Definitely. It, it's not a competition to not only be able to run, but run faster than anybody. It's about finding where your fit is, where you're most comfortable. Okay, cool. Well, let's take the next step up then. We've covered crawling, we've covered walking. The fun part is running. Mm. A little bit more advanced traders, for those people who are willing, you know, audacious enough to take the step up, what kind of things does that entail? Look, in our space and derivatives, as you mentioned earlier, is our bag, you know, that might move into spread trading, whether that's calendar spreads, V8 is one of our strategies we pioneered, or, or whether it's in your typical credit and debit spreads. For anyone listening that hasn't traded in those markets, um, that is not a place to sell. I know there are a couple of companies, one in Australia, there's a few in the US, and they go, right, this is, this is the best place to start. It is not, and I've run the biggest spreads trading dealing desk in Australia for a number of years, and it's so easy to get chewed up in there. You've really got to have hardened your skill set. What do I mean by that? Well, if we go back to that education right at the very start, um, you know, your technical analysis and timing needs to be very, very good if you want to succeed in there. It's not by luck. There's a process, and if you've done that work there, your technical analysis is, is pretty robust and you've walked for a period of time, so you've been able to time test that for real and you've kind of got the skill set up. By the time you move naturally into that next phase, it starts to feel comfortable. You're not going to get knocked out. You're going to understand what's going on in there and you can start to make it work. But again, it's not for everyone because it is a more volatile type sure. of investing. So spreads would be uh, where I'd suggest is, is the place. And if you are adamant that Forex is for you, have a little dabble in there at that point. And, uh, <laughs> and that's the time to then start doing that. Now, we've got a whole education program for our more advanced strategies. Mm -hmm. Could you shed some light on that for us? Yeah, look, I mean, think about uh, a different way of looking at it. Trading is like a bag of golf clubs, you know, and you can have a driver, a nine iron, a pitching wedge, a putter, and everything else in between. And there's not one club that does all of the jobs you need on a golf course. In my case, I probably need wellies because I'm usually all, or gumboots because I'm probably in the water more than most people. I need to sit on the sideline, me personally. Um, but you can't reach in and use the same club for every shot. So by learning a little bit more out there as to what's available, you can start to put some customization on your strategies. Go back to cover cores and the ice cream band. Maybe we could drop the suspension and put a V8 in it. It might surprise a few people. Some decent brakes and it suddenly goes a bit faster. But at its core, it's still an ice cream band. Maybe selling some puts or buying puts for protection is an example in that walking phase. Sure. Um, but as we move into spreads, credit and debit spreads, very, very different in the way that they work. Uh, diagonals, um, V8, which is the one we pioneered, that leveraged way uh, of getting people, you know, really significant income. V12, which is you know, next level again. That's the hot stuff. Comes. That's the really hot stuff. Yeah, and that's definitely not for everybody. That's Darwin's theory of evolution. That's the handful <laughs> of people that fall into Andrew Gibbs' category of uh, intelligence. Yeah. Um, so you know, and you can you can play around up there. And the key factors to that area, yes, it's 
you can use leverage and you can safely use it because you understand risks by the time you've got there of trading and, and you're more comfortable working in a leveraged way. Secondly, from an asset allocation point of view, I told you most of what I do is in the ice cream van space, but I operate up here as well, but you can do so with a much, much smaller amount of capital. Number one, because it's leveraged, you don't need to put a lot of capital up there. And number two, you can diversify. So let's say you know you got a let's arbitrary amount of hundred grand, so you might have eighty or ninety grand sitting in the ice cream van and ten thousand dollars sitting in that spreads place. Now the income off that ten k is likely to be the same as what you get off that eighty or ninety k. That's how much harder it works. But remember, it can buy both ways. Sure. And if you lost that ninety k, if you got it, you lost the ten, it would sting, but not to the same extent. So that's where you start to move into an asset allocation decision then and say, okay, let's put some risk capital on the table, having equipped ourselves with the muscle memory and the skill set to get there. And now we're there, we can put a little bit on the table. I think it's important to be not only diversified across stocks, but also across strategies and instruments. It's Absolutely. very important. Now we've kind of covered each individual, you know, base camp of, you know, mm -hmm. walking, crawl, crawling, walking, and then running. Now we have two particular clients, Shane and David, we won't mention yep. their last names, but they'll know who we are talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Let's go through, say, Shane versus David. Very, very different characters, different clients of ours on Absolutely. different journeys. Massively different personalities, and you wouldn't put them in the same room, although they are. Um, and like, let's talk about Shane first of all. So, lovely guy. He's a perfect example of going through the walk, or sorry, the crawl, walk, and run. So we spent a little bit of time now on this. He's been part of ours for quite some time, and has comfortably got through the walking side. And now of his own volition wants to stretch himself. He's on a growth journey. I do a lot of work with him in personal mentoring. He's a very humble person and he's very open. So he doesn't pretend to know anything. He's a little smarter than he sounds too. He's oh, you know, I don't pretend to understand this. Yes, he does. Did he's I hear a rumor that he actually, you and him pioneered a new strategy? Mm, Is that right? Yep. Can we shed, can we shed any light on that? <laughs> it's a, a strategy we call the Galway. Wow. Which is where Shane happens to be from in Ireland. And, um, and, and we were just chatting on a coaching call one day. He said, what about this? And it's like, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Really, really smart strategy to move the income dial a little bit more. It's still in the ice cream van, but it moves the income dial up a little bit in there. So maybe you put sort of super unleaded petrol in rather than the chips. <laughs> so just move the dial up a little bit on it, all within the confines of that. And, and, and for him, that was actually, yeah, I've traded practically everything. And it's like, that's a really different way of looking at the strategy that I hadn't considered before. And it's interesting, coaching is a two-way process. It's not just one way, you always learn from the people you're teaching and coaching to. And, and, and I think more than anything, that breakthrough where you started to go, wow, so we've just learned something together. And it's like, yeah, we have. Really lifted his confidence to go, maybe I do know more about this, or maybe I am, and he wouldn't say this because he's a very modest guy, but maybe I am a bit smarter than I think. Can I open the door onto this one now? And now we've just started in the in the running space with him, a smaller asset allocation, and he will crush it because he's spending his time going back to the core learning steps from day one of knowing nothing coming into this and, and, and building on his knowledge all the way through. And he's one of those people that when he really understands something, he knows it really, really intuitively. He's able to break it down into all its component parts. So he's now got an allocation over here, relatively small amount of this is this. Um, and, and he's going to have a lot of success with it. And it's really interesting to see how that journey's panned out. Very interesting coaching relationship that we have, and it's a pleasure to be part of that journey with him because I just see his confidence growing every time we speak to the, to the point now, and that's showing through with his trading, not in an arrogant way, but he's backing himself because I think, how can, you, how can you explain it? It's okay to know something, but knowing that you know something is a slightly different level of confidence. Sure. In fact, knowing that you know 
that you know something is that next level. He literally <laughs> has just made that step up in himself, and it's magnificent to see. It really is. And if he's listening to this podcast, you know exactly who I'm talking to, and I'm really, really proud of the journey that you've been on. You sound like a proud dad watching his son grow up, go crawl, walk, and run. Anyway, let's move on to David. David, very different kind of guy. He wants to reach. He wants to be there fast. He's into it. Let's talk about him. Yeah, um, David. So David, um, very, very successful in business and in a couple of other asset classes, doing some property development stuff. And he's, I would suspect, a perennial overachiever in everything he does because that's clearly the standard he sets for himself. He's also quite modest too. He's not coming in with any ego. And these two guys have both got something in common. You know, the hardest clients to work with are people that come in with ego and because they've achieved a level of success here they automatically assume that's where they're going to pick the ball up and i really respect david because he's been quite self-deprecating it's like i know nothing he actually knows a lot more than nothing but he treats it as if he knows nothing he's gone through that learning phase we had him in the walking phase for a period of time which didn't really engage him for too long his um, brain wasn't ticking what's next yeah. he's an achievement driven person like ourselves what's next sure and so we've sort of got the the reins on holding him in that space for the bulk of the portfolio. But that door has been well and truly open into what comes next. And with him, he we, he probably got into that space a little too early, into the running space. And, and, and maybe he sort of had a bit of a shock within himself as to how volatile that was. But again, very modest guy. And this is why he's gonna be successful at this as he has been with other things. In that he's prepared to take a step back and regroup. Hasn't shut the door on it. I want to regroup because of the things I've learned that I wasn't quite equipped for yet. Let's get this right back over here in this walking stage and go forward again. Now, the last conversation I had with him, we were talking pretty much in detail about some of the more advanced stuff. And so we're moving through credit spreads now, which he understands intuitively, he's a smart guy, and he's starting to take trades in that space with a view now to turning that into an iron condor type strategy. You know, sure. Anyone listening to this, we're talking in another language here right now, but that's the, the sort of zenith of position management. And he's someone that's very equipped to succeed well in that space. And it's interesting that he sort of, not leapfrog, but jumped ahead, had no ego and wasn't modest, came back to base, and then pushed along learning off that experience. And that stutter step is such an important thing to go through. And I think because he had that stutter step, it's actually gonna assure him of his long-term success too. Had he not had it, I think his confidence would have continued to overshoot his competence. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, where he's maybe trading bigger or a little bit more aggressive than the muscle memory was at. The game was a bit too fast in there at that point. Now we've gone back and moved forward. I think he's there. And look, you know, that's no different than, you look at a Hollywood movie, you know, you have the, the, the hero uh, has a huge setback, but luckily he doesn't hit the ground. He gets back up off the ground, goes again. And just like he's about to win the game and get the girl and all of that, there's the next setback. And you go, oh no, it's all over. It's at a roller coaster. Before he wins the game outright. And that's wins. very much the journey that these clients have, have both been on in very, very different ways. For Shane, it was a confidence thing and that conscious awareness of knowing what he's doing. And in David's case, I think, you know, that look into the abyss and go, oh, I'm not quite ready to leap there yet. To come back and have the, the confidence in himself, you know, and as a man, you know, ego is a very, very dangerous thing. And to continually put the ego aside and say, all right, guys, let's park that what do i need to know and then regroup and move forward will assure him of that great ending where the hero comes home with the girl and the treasure 
and lives happily ever after. Very different journeys. Very different. And he's already tracking well, so fingers crossed there for both of those guys. Mm. I think that really puts into perspective the point we're trying to make here. You know, everyone's different. However, there is a process to these things. Trading investing, it's very objective, and there is paint-by-numbers approaches, education out there to help make sure that you understand it. But we are coming to the end of the broadcast, mm. A.B., are there any final words that we'd like to present to our viewers here? Look, we've talked crawl, walk, run. It sounds conservative. It's like, it doesn't sound exciting, but it will work for you. Walk, run, crawl, or worse yet, run, explode, fall over, crawl, give up is not the way to do this. And the allure of wanting to get to that higher end quickly, there are no shortcuts to success. There are ways you can fast track it, and we certainly help our clients do that with the way that we train, coach, mentor, and so on and so forth. So there are plenty of ways you can fast track it, but don't try and shortcut it. That is not the place to play, irrespective of who you are. You've got to build that core skill set, that muscle memory up, and naturally stretch it rather than jump too big. Uh, and if you follow that advice, um, you know, it's going to stop you jumping headlong into trading leverage instruments. Biggest problem for people is trading leverage instruments. If you look at the regulator, and opening an account with a broker now, they've got a suitability test to try and disclaim themselves from all of this risk, specifically for people trading with leverage for a sure. reason, because they've been sued or, or gone through the regulator or complaints process so many times, because mum and dad, retail investors, Joe Bag of Donuts is brand new to this, has gone, right, oh, 10 times leverage, let's get in with the pros play, and then smack, it's all over, game over. And look, they're looking for someone to blame, and rightly so, They've been kind of pushed into an area that's wrong, and morally that's pretty poor form on the part of the promoter or educators that have put them there. But you do have to own some of that yourself as well and say, well, yeah, maybe on reflection it wasn't that smart to be jumping into um, into that. You know, If you're going to decide to become a property guru, why don't you buy a place, renovate it, and, and, and live in it for a while and see what's involved with building before you decide to become a 200-unit developer? You know, you've kind of got to do that first. Sure. Otherwise, you don't understand the practicalities of this. And trading and investing is exactly the same. Crawl, walk, run. Have someone that's going to coach and educate you along the way to fast track it makes an awful lot of sense so you don't plateau at any given level. But even if you do plateau, come hang out with me in the walk zone, make a ton of money, it's great. And you can still play in that other space, but you're dealing with something that suits where you might be in life and what you want to be doing. There you go. Great advice. Thank you very much, Andrew. I think there's a lot of good information out there and uh, definitely a good message. So thank you. Absolute pleasure, Mitch, anytime. Cheers. There you go, guys. Crawl, walk, run. Make sure you give us a rating and a review and we'll look forward to seeing you on the show next week.